Josh, we ran out of time yesterday to talk about the defensive side of the ball, so we're going to give you our takeaways. We're also going to talk about some Heisman odds and USA Today's top 10 quarterbacks heading into 2022 on today's episode of Locked on Sooners. You are Locked on Sooners, your daily podcast on the Oklahoma Sooners, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. How's it going, Sooners Nation? And welcome to Locked On Sooners. Thank you for joining us. My name is John Williams. You can follow me on Twitter at John9Williams. You can also read my work covering the Oklahoma Sooners over at thesoonerswire.com. And Josh Helmer is joining me as he does every day. You can follow him on Twitter at JoshOnRef and on 94.7 The Ref in Norman from Monday through Friday from 9 to noon. Thanks so much for making Locked On Sooners your first listen every single day. We're free and available on all podcast platforms. You can also find us on YouTube as well. Make sure you subscribe there. Josh how you doing, sir? Doing great. Still coming down from that high that was the yeah. spring game this past Saturday, 75,000 strong. Amazing. Yeah, it seems like that is still the story, just even a couple of days later. We're, we haven't moved on from how incredible that was. I was on with uh, Colby Daniels of uh, 1170. Um, what's their, their call sign? 1170 The Blitz, I think, is what it is. Uh, this afternoon talking about that. And that was kind of the big, the big takeaway there is just how incredible it was. I'm still baffled by how many people they were able to get into the stands. Another incredible stat I saw was um, the highest attended Cleveland Browns game in like the last 20 years was back in 2002 and had fewer people than the Oklahoma spring game had, which was absolutely, that's just mind boggling considering a lot of these NFL stadiums can get to 80,000, 90,000, no problem. And most NFL games are sold out. So just mind boggling, but let's dig into the defensive side of the football, Josh, initially kind of what was your initial takeaway from the defense's performance on Saturday? Well, a couple of turnovers that they forced, which of course was positive. Kendall Dennis to see him get an interception was really, really nice. Uh, I thought that both Danny Stutzman and Marcus Stripling had nice performances for Oklahoma defensively. And I mean, those are a couple of guys that you think about what Oklahoma is maybe going to be in 2022, certainly for Marcus Stripling. We, we knew that coming out of the Valero Alamo bowl with what he did versus the ducks that he was going to have a chance. Now this season minus Nick Benito minus uh, Isaiah Thomas to really be a difference maker and would need to be a difference maker for Oklahoma. He was great that day. And I thought we saw some of that carry over the other day in the spring game where now on the outside, he's going to be counted upon to really be one of the key contributors for Oklahoma. And then for Danny Stutzman, you know, Deshaun White, he came up and, and delivered probably the biggest hit of the afternoon early, that big hit that he delivered on Javante Barnes, but beyond Deshaun White and David Aguebu, you you've got some young, talented linebackers. Danny Stutzman would be in that same group. He's a little bit obviously more experienced and seasoned than the guys that just got on campus this spring. Your Kobe McKenzie's, your Kip Lewis's, your Jared Canix of the world. But somebody from that group you really need beyond Aguebu and Deshaun White to really step up and be a difference maker. And I think most people, John, feel like Danny Stutzman, just based on the fact that we saw him a little bit last season in spots 
that he's primed to be the guy to make that leap. And again, on Saturday in the spring game, I think we saw a good indication that, yeah, maybe that's going to be the case for Mr. Stutzman. Yeah, his his trajectory just kind of has seemingly gradually been going up. And this spring, it continues to do that. It sounds like out of practice, he has been, he's been one of the standouts. And in the spring game, he was as well. And sticking with the defensive line, I think it was really important to see not just Marcus Stripling, because that's the guy that I've been really, really high on. And yes, to the YouTube commenter who continually wants to tell me that Marcus Stripling is not on the team. If you weren't watching the spring game, there's your evidence. He is on the team. He's on the roster, never transferred, never left the program. He's on the team, going to have a breakout season. Beyond Marcus Stripling, who is a guy that we've been high on in the show all, all four months, uh, since the Alamo Bowl, yeah, Ethan Downs, I thought, had a really, really strong game off the edge as well. Jeffrey Johnson is showing that he's worth his weight in gold, just as that one technique, that nose tackle. And then we saw Jalen Redmond make some plays as well. Uh, and then Reggie Grimes. I mean, I feel like with Reggie Grimes, Marcus Tripling, and Ethan Downs, you got three guys that you could feel really, really good about playing in any situation on all three downs. And then when you're ready to go after the pass rush, after the passer in obvious passing situations, you've got a really nice group of guys that you can roll out there in downs, stripling Grimes and Jalen Redmond in some kind of, they call it in the NFL sometimes a NASCAR package where you're just getting all your, your, your big dogs, your big engines out there and you're, you're going after the passer. And I feel like those all four of those guys are going to be very, very effective pass rushers in the fall. But getting to see Jeffrey Johnson with some effective pass rush, in addition to his ability to run stop, that's huge for this team. Because if you don't have to take him off the field when it's like a third and five situation and a third and four, if you can leave him on the field, continue to respect the run, but still get good pass rush ability, I think that's going to be huge for this defense. And he's going to be a, a key component of getting Jalen Redmond free a little bit more because a, a lot of times we've seen these nose techs, these nose tackles in Alex Grinch's scheme, the Neville Gallimore, the uh, Perrion Winfrey, Jalen Redmond, they're lining up right over the center and they're taking on double teams almost every single snap unless they can beat the, you know, beat the guy to the hole immediately off the snap. They're getting double teamed so much. Jeffrey Johnson's presence is going to change a lot of that. And I think that's really, really encouraging to see him have a solid performance in, in the spring game in his first opportunity in front of the crowd at Owen Field. That's, that's huge for me. You basically just touched on, you know, as soon as you mentioned Jeffrey Johnson, I'm just looking at some of the numbers here and, you know, everybody else can too, but four tackles for Jeffrey Johnson, which is a great sign. We saw his production when he came here last year versus Oklahoma with Tulane, but maybe the biggest element that he's going to add for Oklahoma, because, you know, I've, I've mentioned this in the past that with Jalen Redmond, he, uh, you know, has been a very, very productive pass rusher for Oklahoma for a long time. But the one, I, I don't want to say that it's a knock with Jalen Redmond, but the one maybe question that I had for Jalen Redmond, again, I, I don't, don't know that I'd classify it as a knock, but, Jalen Redmond was always surrounded by other great pass rushers at Oklahoma. There was always a Nick Benito. There was always an Isaiah Thomas. There was always a on Winfrey. And, you know, before that, you can even date back to Ronnie Perkins was in the lineup for Oklahoma. So now you sort of transition into this era to where, okay, we see Marcus Stripling coming along a little bit. 
He had four tackles for loss in this game. That's huge. You need that if you're Jalen Redmond. But you also need somebody else up front that can deflect a little bit of that attention away from you to free you up, like you mentioned, with Jeffrey Johnson. So if there's one thing that Jeffrey Johnson adds to this Oklahoma team right now today as we start thinking about this 2022 season, that might be the most important thing, John, is just exactly what you mentioned, the ability to allow Jalen Redmond to continue being the Jalen Redmond we've seen, which is a very, very explosive and disruptive pass rusher. Yeah, and if you allow him to do what he does best, and that's just go get the quarterback, play a lot of one gap, and you let Jeffrey Johnson be your two-gapper, the guy that's going to hold up blocks, hold up the interior offensive line to allow the guys on the edge and Jalen Redmond to just get after the quarterback, that's going to be huge for this defense going forward. The other thing, the other element of that is that it keeps the linebackers clean. So much of the difficulty that the running game had on Saturday is because they weren't able to get to the second level. The offensive linemen weren't able to get to the second level to pick off the linebackers to allow the running backs to get these you know, big gash runs. That's a lot because of what your defensive line did. They were holding up those blocks, making plays. You know, They might have been getting gains, but they weren't big gains. They were, they were having to work for every single inch and not a lot of big opportunities for the running game. We're going to continue to talk about the defense, get to the second and third levels of the defense after I talk to you about athletic greens. It's time to take charge of your gut health and your energy and just your digestion by going to athleticgreens.com. Athletic Greens offers a one-stop shop for all the nutrients, fiber, everything you need. Great, um, It's a great supplement. It has 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole food source, superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens to help you start your day right. This special blend of ingredients supports your gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, your energy, recovery, focus, and aging. Every single thing. If you're like me, you're dealing with a lot of those those things. I'm aging. I'm 39 years old. And that's not by any means old, but there are some days that I feel it. And Athletic Greens, it helps me get right every single day. So make sure you go to athleticgreens.com slash college, and you'll get a special deal where they'll give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash college to take ownership of your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. And the NFL Draft, that is this week, Josh. It's NFL Draft time, and you can get all of the great draft coverage that you're looking for here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Locked On is hosting live coverage of the 2022 NFL Draft from our studios in Dallas with pick-by-pick analysis from our local team of experts and draft gurus. Tune in all three days as our draft team guides you through every pick and every grade in real time. It all starts on Thursday, April 28th at 7 p.m. Eastern time, available on the Locked On NFL YouTube channel or on the Odyssey app. All right, Josh, more defensive takeaways. How did you feel, aside from Danny Stutzman, how did you feel the rest of the linebacker crew looked? Well, again, uh, I mentioned it earlier. I thought Deshaun White had the biggest hit of the day early on, Javante Barnes. So that was uh, obviously – Really nice to see uh, David Aguebu, uh had a, a pass breakup along the way. So, again, good sign there. I really like the linebacker crew that Oklahoma has assembled here. It's young in some spots, but obviously you start thinking about what Jaron Kanick and Kip Lewis and Kobe McKenzie, that group, what they can potentially provide for this team. you got another guy in TD Roof that obviously comes over with some playing, playing experience from Appalachian State, and then you mix that in with what you already had in terms of playing experience in Aguebu and Deshaun White. So I like where they're at. Nothing I saw on Saturday 
has dissuaded me away from being really positive or high on the linebackers. I think that, you know, Brent Venables stepping in here along with, uh, along with Ted Roof should do wonders for this defense. But, you know, to me, really, Danny Stutzman was probably the highlight of those guys. And then, again, Deshaun White probably had the, you know, one of the biggest highlight hits of the entire afternoon. I think the thing that stood out to me is you saw a lot of rallying to the football. It, was, it wasn't very often that you were seeing just one guy to the ball. And that was, I think, a total defense thing, not just the linebacker thing. But And, and you know, TD Roof stood out a lot. But the thing just in general as you're watching this game is they were just tackling as a team. And that's really encouraging. You know, I think oftentimes when, when we struggle with missed tackles, as we did in the Alex Grinch era, a lot of it was because it was just one-on-one in the open field and our guys just weren't making the plays this is a team. If you rally to the football, you're playing everybody to the ball. You're going to have less missed tackles. And if you do have a missed tackle, there's going to be somebody right there to clean it up. And so I think that's really encouraging going back to the, going to the secondary, Josh, who stood out. We talked about Kendall Dennis getting the interception uh, in coverage against Jalil Farouk. I thought that was a great play. Dylan Gabriel kind of throwing the, the fade to the sideline there, giving Jalil Farouk an opportunity to make a play. And Kendall Dennis just has better positioning, goes up, takes the ball away, has a nice little bit of a return on the play uh, who else kind of stood out to you in, in from the spring game? Well, just looking at strictly the past breakup numbers, Jaden Davis and key Lawrence both had a PBU and, and then you flip it over and Robert Spears Jennings and Billy Bowman each had a pass breakup as well. I, I've uh, heard good things about Robert Spears Jennings. I know our man Parker Thune has been really, really high on, uh, Robert Spears Jennings for a while I thought he was impressive so it was again a, a nice start for that group now with a couple of new defensive backfield coaches I mean that's a totally different world back there now with Jay Valai and Brandon Hall and I, I've said this you know before too for something that was a strength for Alex Grinch or at least it was built to be a strength of Alex Grinch uh, as a defensive coordinator, you know, he was your previous safeties coach. Oklahoma finished last season ranked 109th in passing defense. So really in terms of, you know, whatever we saw on Saturday or however we feel coming out of the spring, you know, generally speaking, there's really nowhere to go but up for Oklahoma as a secondary. And it's another group that has went and added some talent out of the transfer portal. I thought Kanai Walker just had an okay day. I thought – we saw him struggle a little bit at times, but what they've done, you know, bringing a Trey Morrison in, we haven't gotten a look at CJ Colden yet. I'm excited for whenever he joins the team this summer to see what, uh, what we start hearing about him in the fall. But I thought overall an okay day, not necessarily a great day outside of the Kendall Dennis pick. What did you think? Yeah, I, I think, like you said, I feel like they had some good moments. I mean, they, they didn't allow the quarterbacks to have a super clean day in the passing game, which I thought was important. You know, uh, Dylan Gabriel had a solid day, but, and Ralph Rucker was pretty good, but the rest of them were, were kind of just okay. And I think that's, that's a testament to the, the secondary's pass defense. I thought they competed well uh, against a, a pretty talented wide receiver group. And it's just hard to know. It's hard to gauge it basically because you don't know the, if they're playing a lot of um, disguised coverages, if they're trying to get out there and, and show um, some unique things, if they're just playing a real vanilla, vanilla defense, but just from a technique standpoint and a competition standpoint, I thought they really played well. Uh, I think, like you said, Billy Bowman, I think is a guy that's kind of on the rise and might have a chance to compete for a starting spot alongside Key Lawrence at safety. Where they go from there 
is going to be a really good question. And I think it's going to be a challenge um, this summer and this fall to see if this team can improve and continue to grow at the secondary level. Like you said, only one way to go and that's up. It's only going to get better. And if the defensive front is as good as we think they can be, then it's going to help your secondary out quite a bit. And I, and I think that was probably the biggest takeaway is that the pass rush was, was pretty good and that helped everything else out. You, you play well up front and it helps everybody else out. Yeah, no, I mean, that's age-old defense. You, you know it. I mean, if you can rush the passer, if you can get some TFLs, some sacks, even just quarterback hurries totally mm-hmm. changes everything on the back end. Oklahoma ha- has been good at that at times over the last couple of years, and you've had some some individual players that were really, really good rushing the passer, but uh, probably even in other spots, Oklahoma wasn't good enough rushing the passer or collapsing the pocket. So as many good things as Nick Benito or Perry on Winfrey or Isaiah Thomas, just thinking about last season did at times, you know, maybe kind of went missing a little bit and hung those defensive uh, back players out to dry a little bit. We'll see. I mean, maybe just uh, the difference in scheme, you know, how Brent Mm -hmm. Venables is calling things can help those guys out a little bit. Uh, and better position them for success because obviously 2021 was not a good season for Oklahoma on the back end of the defense. I think one thing that, that stood out and was a little bit more encouraging is the, the, the quarterbacks playing up more on the line of scrimmage as opposed to just playing eight, 10 years off. I felt like I saw we saw a lot more press man coverage, which is encouraging, or at least press coverage if it was turning into a two, a two deep zone or a cover three zone, they were playing a lot more press. And I think that's going to be an encouraging thing that comes out of the coaching change is a more aggressive defense all the way around. You know, it's great if you have a defensive front that's aggressive, but if those guys are playing eight yards off the ball and allowing a really easy completion for the quarterback, then it doesn't matter if you got great pass rush or not, because the ball's out of his hand in a second and a half and it's, it's done. But if you guys, if you have guys that can play good press man, it's going to, again, you talk about making things easier for everybody else. If you guys, if you have good corners that can play good press man, it's going to allow for more time for the pass rush to get to the quarterback. Kind of all works in harmony. But that's one thing that kind of stood out just as a 10,000 foot view of this team uh, in the spring game playing what was probably a very vanilla defense. We'll see more uh, exotic looks and more kind of changes and formation changes from this defense because he they want to be multiple and they wanted to be able to disguise defense as they get into the fall, but they're not going to show that up front. They're not going to let, uh, let Dave Aranda or Steve Sarkeesian see what they're going to try to do. Although Steve Sarkeesian seen it before, but, and so I think overall it's just a really solid day for the defense had some turnovers, had some, some pressures, some sacks, quote unquote um, tackles for loss. They were active in the run game it was just a really, really solid day. I think they, they played well as a unit. Agreed. Yeah. I mean, you can't come away from the spring game and feel uh, super down and out about anything yeah. that happened defensively. And I think just generally speaking, there's a hope that Brent Venables and, you know, the new additions that he has on the defensive side of the football in terms of the staff, that they're going to be able to more consistently push the right buttons to have Oklahoma in spots to, again, more consistently make plays. You know, I I just think about Brent Venables and, you know, the pressures that we were talking about helping the defensive backfield out a little bit. Well, we know that Brent Venables' defenses for the past decade at Clemson have led the nation in TFLs and sacks. 
So we know that he knows how to get creative and dial up some pressures to put opposing quarterbacks into, into the firing zone. So that should help Oklahoma out a lot, but overall, again, I just, I come away uh, more than anything pleased with what we saw defensively. Yep. And it sets a good foundation for what they're looking forward to in the summer with workouts and fall camp ahead of the 2022 season. Coming up next, we're going to talk about some Heisman odds from bet online. We'll get into where Dylan Gabriel stands as far as some of the other notable names as well. But first I'm going to talk to you about bet online. It's your number one source for all your sports betting needs and info. Find all the latest developments, league reviews, and news, including this year's basketball playoffs and the start of Major League Baseball season. Bet Online is your continued source for all your sports wagering information from live betting to playoffs, esports, and more. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and action. Bet Online is where the game starts. All right, Josh, let's get into some Heisman odds. All right, so Dylan Gabriel's not the favorite. We're coming into this season very differently than we did last year where Spencer Rattler was far and away one of the, the favorites to contend for the Heisman Trophy. Uh, but who do you think Bet Online has as the favorite um, right now as things stand, spring ball is over for the Heisman Trophy in 2022? Well, there's two guys that are going to be the clear front runners. I'm going to say Ohio State's C.J. Stroud, but it could be uh, our man from down at Alabama, too. C.J. Stroud? Boom. C.J. Stroud, number one with the best Heisman odds at 3-1. to one. Coming up, number two is Bryce Young at Alabama. And to me, this only makes sense because you just don't see people win Heisman trophies in back-to-back seasons, which is a dumb rule, uh, I think, or a dumb, like, unwritten rule. If you're the best player, you're the best player, whether you've won it before or not. So, Anyway, that's just me to say if Bryce Young's better than C.J. Stroud, just give him the trophy. Don't do the stupid thing where you can't have a guy win it in back-to-back years, except for the one guy like 50 years ago that did it. I think it was like Archie Griffin. Archie Griffin, yeah. Yeah, Archie Griffin from Ohio State. So if Archie Griffin from Ohio State can do it, a running back 50 years ago, we can let a quarterback win it back-to-back years. Let's not be ludicrous. Um, So Bryce Young comes in at 15-1. to Uh, Another notable – and this is Caleb Williams coming in at 15 to two. He comes in with the third best Heisman odds. Any surprise to you on that front? No, I, I, I'm not surprised to see him have good Heisman odds. Maybe this high, I'm a little bit surprised by just because I don't think USC is going to be all that great outside of Caleb Williams. You know, obviously we saw firsthand the type of talent that. We, we feel like Mario Williams can be as a weapon alongside Caleb Williams. But, man, I just think, you know, by and large, especially when it comes to quarterbacks, now Robert Griffin III would, would buck this notion. But generally speaking, if a quarterback's winning the award, the quarterback is playing for one of the nation's best teams. And Caleb Williams and USC are not going to be one of the nation's best teams. So, to me, while he could put up a bunch of gaudy stats and certainly have USC's compass and arrow pointing in a, a better direction than it's been prior to Lincoln Riley, I just, man, I don't think that they're going to be anywhere close to necessarily winning the Pac-12 conference or sniffing a college football playoff berth. So I wouldn't take a flyer on him for the Heisman Trophy. Yeah, me neither. I think this is one of those those odd lines that's, hey, look at this. I mean, seven and a half to one, basically, and – you could get a pretty decent return on it, but I think it's fool's gold right there because like for many of the reasons you said, I don't think USC is going to be as competitive as, as people think they're going to be. Like they're not contending for the college football playoff this year. 
And so where's his Heisman moment going to come from? Are they even going to be able to get past Utah and Oregon? I mean, I think those are legitimate questions. Uh, UCLA is on the rise. This is not going to be an easy cakewalk for the USC Trojans in the Pac-12. They might be better, but are they going to go from 4-8 and eight to 10-2 and two and contending for the Pac-12 title and have an outside shot at a college football playoff spot? I, I don't think so. Uh, the, the first name on the list that is a non-quarterback, that's Jameer Gibbs, the Georgia Tech transfer to Alabama running back. Uh, and yeah, I mean, why not? Like that's a, that's an interesting name to consider. Um, we saw Derek Henry win the award a few years back and <clears throat> excuse me. And we saw Devonte Smith win it just a couple years ago as well. So this is a team that can put a non quarterback in the Heisman race. Um, just as well as anybody else in the country can. Yeah, no, that's, that's well said. The, the Crimson Tide. If there's a team that it's, it's worthwhile to take a chance on one of their skill guys winning the, you know, most prestigious award in college football, then, you know, a Heisman hopeful from Alabama playing running backs, not, not a bad idea. You do worry a little bit about maybe Bryce Young stealing some of those votes away. I mean, obviously Oklahoma fans are as familiar as anybody with Heisman votes getting split up and and taking away the opportunity for Adrian Peterson to win the award when he was a freshman. So that could maybe work against him a little bit, but if he's one of the, if he's put it to you like this, if he's hands down the best running back in college football and Alabama does what we expect Alabama to do, which is be right back in the sec championship game, then yeah, he's probably going to be, one of the Heisman finalists and right there with a good chance to win the award. Yeah, I agree. I think they'll be, or he'll be in contention. There'll be a lot of discussion about him as well as some other skill position players. You look at Jackson Smith and Najilba um, from Ohio state as well is in consideration. Like, but again, it's going to be one of those situations where these guys are going to steal votes from each other. Jackson Smith has got 20 to one odds uh, for the Heisman. And I think it's fair. Like he's, the best receiver in the country, like right now. And that's okay. Like he's going to be in contention, but with CJ Stroud there, I mean, it could be, you could get four, you know, guys from Alabama and Ohio state at the award ceremony in New York city. And then it's like, who knows who's going to win the award at this point. I think that's a very real possibility for the, for the numbers these guys are going to put up in 2022. Let's talk about a few more notable players. Dylan Gabriel comes in at 28 to one. Uh, he comes in a, a few spots behind the Ohio State wide receiver, behind Jackson Dart, who was 18 to one, behind Anthony Richardson at 22 to one, the Florida quarterback, um, and then tied with uh, Bijan Robinson of Texas and DJ Ungalele of Clemson at 28 to one odds. This feels about right to me for Dylan Gabriel. Maybe a little bit, could potentially even be a little bit high. Yeah. I mean, I would probably say, I mean, to me, it's it's a good flyer bet if yeah, you sure. if, if you don't mind, you know, taking on a little risk because Dylan Gabriel's very clearly not the front runner for this award going into next season. Bryce Young and C.J. Stroud are both obvious candidates at quarterback for you know to to expect to have Heisman type winning seasons. But if you don't mind taking on a little risk then just the track record of recent Oklahoma quarterback play with both Baker Mayfield and Kyler Murray winning awards, uh, the Heisman trophies, 
and Jalen Hurts being a finalist. And really, you know, if you want to then turn around and say, well, you know, that's a Lincoln Riley thing. We, we can go further back than that if you want. The history of Oklahoma quarterbacks over the last quarter century, when you think about Jason White and you think about Sam Bradford and you think about Josh Heupel, Oklahoma has been a destination place for quarterbacks to be right up in the conversation to try and win the most prestigious awards. So to me, 28 to 1 for Dylan Gabriel is a heck of a lot better bet than DJ Uyunglele from Clemson. He got no shot of winning the Heisman Trophy next season, not after what I saw in 2021. Yeah, and and I think Bajan Robinson even is a long shot to win it. Like twenty eight to one, like if you're going to put a hundred bucks down and potentially get twenty eight hundred, like that's that's not bad. If Oklahoma goes on a run, say they go undefeated, and Dylan Gabriel and the offense are putting up just huge numbers, why not? Like, there's a very real chance he could end up being a Heisman finalist. Again, it's probably an outside shot. Um, but let's talk Spencer Rattler at thirty three to one. It, to me, this is a bit surprising, but I think a lot of it is just the fact that he's gone to South Carolina, a team that's not expected to contend for the SEC East. Um, any, any real surprise for you on that front? Oh, I mean, the, the odds themselves are, I mean, maybe it should be closer to 40 or 50 to one, a little bit further back on the board, because to me, well, I mean, Spencer Rattler's not winning the Heisman Trophy, okay? Yeah. it's He's not going to win the Heisman Trophy in 2022. It would take, in my estimation, and we'll see if you agree with this, South Carolina have to win like 10 games, I think, for yeah. him to win the Heisman Trophy. And look, I, I love our man Shane Beamer as much as the next guy, but I don't know that they're quite equipped. To, and I love Austin Stogner as much as the next guy. And I'm rooting for Rattler to have a ton of success after the way that it ended here in Oklahoma. I'm pulling for the kid. I'm pulling for South Carolina. I think Beamer and Stogner and Rattler are all easy folks to root for, for Oklahoma fans. But I mean, come on, <laughs> winning the Heisman trophy and winning 10 games. It's not going to happen. It's going to be a tough one. Cause uh, week two, they get Arkansas. Who's a team on the rise week three. They get Georgia. Uh, they got Texas A&M. Florida, Tennessee, and Clemson. So they get to avoid Alabama, but you know they got and Auburn, but they got Georgia on the schedule, and so that's that's probably going to be a loss. All right, speaking of flyers, Josh, this one is going to be really interesting, and I might burn for this. But Quinn Ewers at fifty to one, any interest there? I mean that that's kind of interesting to me. I, I kind of don't hate that. Like I'm not expecting Texas to go and win the Big 12. I'm not expecting Quinn Ewers to necessarily win the Heisman. But, hey, like, if you're into throwing a little money down and, like, you you mentioned taking on some risk, like, the hype is there for a reason. The guy's a pretty good quarterback. If he has the season that people think he could have with Xavier Worthy, uh, with the Wyoming transfer at wide receiver, I can't remember his name, and with Bajan Robinson at running back, they're, they're poised to put up some big numbers. Could Quinn Ewers make an outside run for the Heisman? And if they get into the Big 12 championship game and unseat Oklahoma in the process, that would go a long way toward his Heisman candidacy. I'm glad that you have his number to share on the board here because I, I was going to comment about Quinn Ewers in regards to B. John Robinson. I don't yeah. think B. John Robinson's odds should maybe be necessarily as good because of Quinn Ewers. If, if B. John Robinson's in the running for the Heisman, man, he's going to have to have a sensational season, unlike many we've seen in recent memory for a running back where he's both catching and running the football for a ton of yards because 
any shine that's going to be on B. John Robinson, if Texas has the type of season where they unseat Oklahoma and get to the Big 12 championship game, or the the dreaded Texas wins the Big 12 championship yeah. game. No, we do not want to see the Longhorns win the Big 12 championship game. But if we get into that type of territory, man, the shine is going to be taken away from B. John Robinson, and it's going to be about Quinn Ewers. So for that reason alone, and the price tag that's right there on the board that we're all looking at right here, 50 to 1, okay, uh, no, I don't think Quinn Ewers is winning the Heisman, but if I'm taking a little risk and I'm looking at the price of a potential payout on the off chance that, okay, everything comes together in what would basically be his debut season, yeah, you could interest me a little bit. Yeah, and again, he's a highly regarded quarterback with a lot of talent. Had a really good spring game for Texas. I'm just saying. I'm. I'm just. I'm not saying, but I'm just saying. This is. Could, it could be interesting. And just as an outside long shot, if you like to gamble, that's a really interesting odd line for me. Um, with Quinn Ewers at fifty to one. That's going to do it for today's episode of Locked On Sooners. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks for stopping by. Make sure you subscribe to the show wherever you get your podcasts. We're free and available on all platforms, including YouTube. So go over there and check it out. Subscribe to the show on YouTube as well. Follow Josh on Twitter at JoshOnRef947, the ref in Norman, Monday through Friday, 9 to noon. Follow me on Twitter at John9Williams. You can also read my work covering the Oklahoma Sooners on the SoonersWire.com. And until next time, he's Josh. I'm John. Boomer Sooner.